It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the, the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Ruff. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Clark, 11 yard touchdown. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible. Halfway through today's show, halfway through the work week. Thank you, Mr. Bon Jovi, and thank you so much for joining us with producer Adam Lundy. I'm John Nolan, in for Brett Rump, who's on the road with the Purdue-Fort Wayne men's basketball team. The Dons play at IUPUI tomorrow night. By the way, Adam, I'm not sure if I've shared this tidbit when I've filled in here to host before. I actually went to the same high school in New Jersey as Bon Jovi. Wow. Which, at this point... You know, the name St. Joseph High School should arguably be changed to, you know, Bon Jovi High School, or at least, you know, Bon Jovi Stadium or Bon Jovi Arena. However, you know, probably a lot of regret uh, on both sides here, but Bon Jovi wound up not graduating from Uh, uh, St. Joe's High School in New Jersey. Believe it or not, the budding rock star didn't follow a lot of school rules and maybe participated in some activities that, at least at that time, weren't legal you're kidding especially uh in a school zone we'll say and (laughs) so he wound up uh continuing his high school career elsewhere and so there is no bon jovi stadium no bon jovi arena Uh, oh wow that's what happens when you get kicked out you don't get (laughs) you don't get the named uh stadiums you don't get the arenas none of that but i mean how cool would it be to go to bon jovi high school yeah, I mean, and maybe uh, in Sayreville, New Jersey, where he he uh, did grow up, uh, perhaps one day the kids there will. But anyway, here uh, in Bon Jovi, you know, Notre Dame football fan. He's a big football guy. I know he's yeah. been an Eagles fan, uh, but he had a son who played football at Notre Dame. So we used to see him up here in northern Indiana a good amount. Uh, in any case, great first hour of the show talking hoops with David Stockton. Yeah, John Stockton's son, the Hall of Famer. Uh, David now is the point guard for the Mad Ants who play on Saturday night at the Coliseum. So good to touch base with David. We were talking about the Pacers. All of a sudden, intriguing game with the Knicks tonight. Not only two teams jockeying for playoff position in the NBA's Eastern Conference, but also based off comments that Wally Zerbiak, the Knicks TV analyst, made about Pacers star point guard Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, Some extra juice for that matchup tonight at 730 And then, even though we are in the heart of hoop season and we're going to be talking more college basketball coming up this hour with Rafael Davis of the Big Ten Network, today we uh, sprinkle in some baseball, too. Heck, 50 degrees today, I think, arguably would sign up for a 50-degree day three months from now on opening day at Parkview Field, April 11th, when the Tin Caps will be taking on the Cleveland Guardians-affiliated Lake County Captains. But another sign that uh, spring is coming, not only the appearance from the sun today, but news out of San Diego that the Padres have announced the coaching staff for the Tin Caps for this coming year. And Jonathan Matthews, who previously has spent a few years here as the team's hitting coach, he now will make the transition to become the team's manager. So 
earlier, it was great to catch up on the phone with Johnny, who's just such a down-to-earth guy. Now, fans here are really uh, going to love him as they get to know him a little bit more as the face of the, the franchise on the field for this year. But right now, a treat for us to be joined by Tin Caps team president Mike Nutter, the 2022 Minor League Baseball Executive of the Year. And Mike, I actually forgot to ask Johnny when we had him on the phone yet. Is this entirely official? Has he passed his physical yet? Because I know that's kind of the, the most important story in baseball these days. Could end up back with the team he was with before, like Correa, after a <laughs> few uh, fake outs. But we are so excited. I mean, you're one of us, but the staff that worked with Johnny when he was here before, absolutely love him. I love what you said about down to earth. He will interact with the fans. He's quick-witted. He's funny. He's engaging. He's a baseball lifer with his dad, having been in the game for 50 years, John being in the game a long time. It's really, really cool. We are genuinely and sincerely excited to bring one of our former uh, you know, coaches and friends back to be in the skipper seat. There's a lot of fun and excitement today. Yeah, he's just a great people person, and a renaissance guy, too. I mean, just a few fun facts about him. Besides the fact that he has literally been a, a major league baseball coach on the staff previously with the big league Padres. But when I mean, you're talking about someone who's, uh, you know, got a master's in economics. And so he's been a college economics professor. Uh, even in recent years, I know in the offseason, he's uh, almost for fun, just been a, a substitute high school teacher. He has been a high school basketball official. He has even uh been a writer for the local newspaper in his small Iowa hometown. So uh, a guy who, uh, yeah, we're really excited about having. And, um, you know, one thing, Mike, we uh, we mentioned this before, almost need to always remind fans, this is different than the Comets where the Frankies wind up really, like, negotiating with who's going to become their head coach. This is entirely uh, decided by the Padres. But that said, I know if you had you know any say in the matter, I mean, Johnny's really a, a guy who you want here uh, helping to represent the organization. Yeah, no doubt. You know, we loved our time with Brian Esposito last year. We can touch on that in a minute. But before they had named him, I actually reached out to the Padres. And, you know, it's not normal. We do not have the decision-making power. Uh, they respect us. They appreciate our input. I said, man, what about my guy Johnny? You know, because he had been here and so successful as a hitting coach. And they said, you know, maybe someday. But right now we need him to go to AAA and help up there with the hitters. And so sure enough, he went up there, helped with the great hitters they had helped him earn a division title and got to the finals. And now he's back. And I know he managed a long time ago when he was with Arizona or the Twins or whoever it was. And he's excited to get back in the manager chair. And then briefly to touch on Espo, you know, Brian Esposito came to us last year after many years in AAA down the road in Indianapolis. You know, sometimes there's some apprehension. Hey, what does the guy think if he's dropping down a couple levels? He was a pro's pro. He was a 10 out of 10 for us. I know you enjoyed him. I loved him. Everybody at the office did. It was great. And we're excited for him. He's back at the AAA level as coach up there. He's the level that he should because he's such a I was experienced player, motivator. So he got, excuse me, former staff members here all up and down the system. So there's a lot to be excited about. I know the fans are already reaching out. I got a text. That's great on your manager announcement today. Is Jackson Merrill coming? <laughs> and so it's like, man, they didn't even give us one day of a news cycle. And we remind them, you know, the Padres will make all those decisions. But hopefully we see their number one pick 
you know, here in the Summit City to start the year, but that's a long way off. Yeah, Jackson Merrill is a, a name to uh, to pay attention to as the Padres' top prospect, and depending on where you look, at least the top 25 prospect at all of baseball, 19-year-old shortstop. But yeah, plenty of time for us to uh, to worry about the roster later. Today, three months out from opening day at Parkview Field, uh, a sign that the season is nearing with the announcement of the coaching staff, and, and all the details are at tincaps.com, where you can also learn about uh, the new bench coach, Justin Robinson, who was a really accomplished major league player, so excited to get to know some of the, the new names on the staff, along with uh, Jonathan returning. Uh, Mike, now another uh, indication that the, the season is around the corner. I know last week the Tin Caps opened things up online for folks to apply to work for the team for the upcoming year. Uh, you can apply online really easily at tincaps.com. Uh, what are... What are the jobs that uh, folks could be uh, looking into and what kind of range of people uh, are welcome to work at the ballpark? Great question. So everybody's welcome. If you're legally able to work, meaning you're old enough, we would absolutely love to have you. And so it's anything from the parking lot guys, when people first, guys and gals, when people first pull into the ballpark, to the ticket takers when they're walking into Parkview Field. We still need some people in the ticket office. We can teach them the ticket system the ushers around the ballpark at their sections, all the folks working in concessions and at the concession carts and out in the picnics. We really, really improved pay rates last year. It was a huge success. We started anybody in concessions at twelve seventy-five an hour, but with the pooling of tips, the average person made about 16 to $18 an hour. On a daily basis, great part-time job. If somebody was home from college, somebody might be listening to you and I right now, John, with a boy or girl coming back from college. It's a great first job for people. My son Carson and a lot of his homestead baseball teammates from last year that had just graduated became the grill crew. It's really good. It's great for retirees. I mean, it really runs the gamut of men and women. I bet we have people from six years old to 75 years old it's a great place they know tin caps for fun family entertainment and it's a great place to work as well there's some perks that come along with it they get to take on-field batting practice they get a picnic there's all kinds of recognition and things and anybody that wants to stop by the ballpark is go to tincapsjobs.com we'd love to welcome them to the team in 2023 yeah and you said it the, the rates really competitive and then you know, I think the Tin Caps have an advantage competition-wise on just about anyone else when it comes to the, the vibe of, of working at an award-winning ballpark and being uh, downtown being downtown, and just the, the fun that you can have with the crew where you know everyone feels valued and appreciated. And great testimonial you gave mentioning that you know your own kids have worked at the ballpark. No, you don't like to talk about yourself too much, but also as you know, we were reflecting last month on uh, the minor league baseball executive of the year award. Again, for people who don't know, I mean, tell us some of the the positions that you ran your your first days in minor league baseball when you were out yeah. in Kane County, uh, Illinois. Yeah, you know, this is going to be one of those stories that we walked uphill both ways in the snow. But literally, the first job I had with the Kane County Cougars in the summer of 1992 was picking up all the cigarette butts out of the lawn sections. And somebody listening is like, they didn't allow people to smoke at ballparks. No, they did. <laughs> and on airplanes and everything else that we've improved over the years. And I got promoted from there to be able to clean the bathrooms. And that's a true story to a start. Uh, came from a mom and dad with great work ethic. Loved my time with Kane County. I always I mentioned it to Ben Hill, but 
I always mention it. It was a lot more about them than it was about us because in my four summers with the Kane County Cougars, six of us went on to run clubs uh, when there were 120 clubs at the time. And so that's pretty amazing. And uh, all kinds of sales and operations, worked a summer on the grounds crew, a summer in concessions, so a lot of stuff. And that's what we're talking about with these people that are looking for part-time work. They can come in. Uh, David Haller just resigned as the PR guy with the Tampa Bay Rays about a year ago, regarded as one of the top guys in baseball at his position. He interviewed with me when he was about 15 years old back at Memorial Stadium with the Wizards and talked about, I might do something in sports, and what do you think? And, you know, I said, yeah, it's great. You know, he was somewhat local, and we got to meet one another, and then years later he drops me a note and says, you may not remember me, but this is what I'm doing now. And so, you know, they can start at like 15, 16 years old with him, and we'd love to have with us, and we'd love to have him come down and work for the ballpark. And for college students and recent grads, even a handful of internships available. So you can find out how to apply really easy online at tincaps.com. And so, Mike, now we check the box here of knowing who will be on the staff. We won't know the, the roster until uh, just about the 1st of April, a week or so ahead of the season. A few weeks away from tickets to individual games going on sale, but... Want to make sure people know that right now you can book group outings and for that matter, different season ticket package plans are on sale too. So, you know, what do fans have to uh, to look forward to there? Oh, there's a lot. You know, we'll be announcing the promo schedule soon, but it'll be a lot of new stuff. There's going to be a lot of the tried and true. and Maybe we'll see some old friends come back. But you said it. Season ticket plans are on sale now anywhere from 17 games all the way up to 66. Really one of the biggest things, the lifeblood of the success of the Tin Caps and Parkview Field is the group sales. Everybody's in some sort of a group of some kind, whether that's church or work or school or retirees or, a, you know, a civic club, any of that kind of stuff. We can do anything from tickets to full-blown picnics and things like that. They can go check out the schedule at tincaps.com. There's all sorts of information on there. We're excited to go on sale with individual tickets. But like you said, the groups are going. We have our annual game on July 4th. There's the military appreciation game. After the success of the Daisies last year, we'll do a women in sports. We can tease it a little bit here. You know, we had Stanley out from the office, and and maybe they'll get to see one of his former office mates this summer. We're no announcements yet, but somebody else will be joining us at Parkview Field. So there's a lot of fun and excitement planned from Michael Wimmer and the whole department with marketing and the rest of the team. Big league tease for the minor league baseball promotional schedule. Uh, and, and, Mike, finally here, I know all of a sudden now in the next few months, the days are going to start flying by with all the preparation that goes into things behind the scenes. Uh, but as the uh, the team president, what's what's top of mind here as, as you try to get ready for three months from today, the first game at Parkview Fields? So, great question. You know, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, the biggest thing right now, and we'll get there, but with Major League Baseball taking over the, the, the management, the oversight of our industry a couple of years ago, some things changed, and a lot of the things changed for a lot better with standards and things like that. But this award-winning ballpark needs some stuff done still yet this offseason. A lot of minor stuff, behind-the-scenes stuff that the fans may not see when they come out to a game, but it will improve it for the players. And then over the next couple of years, uh, we've got a lot of details to work out, but they're going to probably end up seeing in the next couple of years a brand-new LED lighting package that will be really cool. I think they're going to see a brand-new playing field, another 
can surface because of the new requirements and a lot of other stuff. So, you know, we opened on April 16th of 2009, but when we open on April 11th of 2023, I don't think that ballpark will have ever looked better because of the fan support and the way we set it up with the city of Fort Wayne where we keep making improvements to this award-winning venue. And uh, we're really bullish. We're really optimistic on this upcoming season. Announcing Johnny Matthews today goes a long way with everybody's excitement. Yeah, hard to imagine Parkview Field being any nicer than it is, but we've been saying that now for about 15 years, and yet it just keeps getting better. And so with the news of the coaching staff today as well, uh, already excited now, counting down the days here until opening day. Mike, best of luck in the preparation, and thanks so much for your time here today. Thank you. Bye-bye. There's Tin Caps president Mike Nutter. Again, in case you missed it, Jonathan Matthews, former hitting coach, now going to become the team's manager as assigned by the Padres. Full story online at tincaps.com. So we sprinkle in a little bit of baseball talk here. You know, we touched on it too. In the MLB news today, Carlos Correa winds up signing with the Minnesota Twins after it looked like he was going to the Giants. They weren't so sure on his physical. They're a past uh, ankle injury suspect for his future, according to some medical evaluators. Then it looked like he was moving on to the Mets. It was a repeat. They didn't like the physical either. Apparently the Twins, they're cool with it. So he was officially reintroduced in Minnesota where he spent last year, former Houston Astros star and World Series winner. So there's your big league news. And then locally here with the Tin Caps, the coaching staff announced. But, hey, I mean, it's the 11th of January. College football season now in the rear view. Time to put more of a spotlight on college hoops. And coming up next, we'll be joined by Fort Wayne's own Rafael Davis from the Big Ten Network to talk about IU's game tonight at Penn State. Plus, we'll hear from Ray, his thoughts on his own alma mater, Purdue, and the rest of the Big Ten. That'll be next right here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. John Nolan in for Brett, who is on the road with the Purdue-Fort Wayne men's basketball team. They're visiting IUPUI tomorrow night. And for the Mastodons coming off of a a loss last time out against Milwaukee, remember Purdue-Fort Wayne, the preseason favorite in the Horizon League. Things haven't gone entirely according to plan so far in the conference. They're 3-3. and And, I mean, at least they're 500. Right now, things feel even more... uh, Slippery right now for IU, the Big Ten preseason favorite, has lost back-to-back games against Iowa and then on Sunday at home against Northwestern. So all of a sudden, a sense of urgency going into their road matchup tonight at Penn State. And to help us break it down, we bring in a hometown hero. It's Rafael Davis, the former Southside Archer and Purdue Boilermaker, who now making a big name for himself on the Big Ten Network. Right, thanks so much for giving us some time. I know you're uh, you're on TV every time I look, whether it's BT or sometimes on ESPN networks. Thanks for fitting us in, man. Oh, no, I appreciate you having me, man. How you doing? Great. And, hey, give us a little preview. Can we find you on uh, BTN tonight, or what's the next game you're doing? Yeah, I'm actually doing studio tonight. So I'll be a um, pregame show here in, about, here in about an hour. We'll do the pregame show. I'll do the halftime, postgame, big show, all of that stuff tonight. So, Rafael Davis coming to us right now from Chicago. But meanwhile, over in Happy Valley, Pennsylvania, it's IU at Penn State tonight. Besides the injuries, what do you make of how this season has been playing out for IU and what do they need to fix tonight? It's uh, simple. They got to fix their defense. They got to guard somebody. I mean, Northwestern isn't the greatest offensive team by any means, but they came in as Simon Scott Assembly Hall and they look like. 
they were top of the league when it came to their offense efficiency, and it's not that way. I mean, before the season, if someone was to say IU scores 80 points, they shoot 52% from the field, they make nine of 18 threes, they're plus eight on the glass. Trace Jackson Davis has 18, 24 rebounds, eight assists. Phil Shafino has 33 points. You would say IU won that game by 20, 30 points. That, I mean, that's what it would sound like, but they lose that game. And that, and it's just simply because they're just not guarding. You hear Trace Jackson Davis in the post-game presser call his teammates out. Say Coach Woodson, he had a great game plan. The coaching staff put them in position. The guys just weren't following it. And I think it's just that simple. When they guard, they're a good team. But when they don't guard, it's just not, it doesn't look good at all. You're a former Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. They could certainly use someone uh, kind of with, with a dog in them like you played with. Is it? Do you think is it an individual or so stepping up or team-wide? How, how do they play better well, defense? It's a, it's a team thing. Just doing what you're supposed to do every single time. It's having that discipline and that toughness to, if I'm supposed to close out hard to a shooter on a sky report, I close out hard. If I'm supposed to close out short, I close out short. There's too many times where you see Indiana, you see guys get lost or guys get kind of just don't know what to do. I mean, maybe they should switch and guys don't switch or maybe they're not switching and guys are switching. It's just about being locked into this guy report and having that discipline. You, they don't seem to have the same level of discipline defensively every single possession because I think they just know they can outscore you this year. They know they can shoot the ball better. They know they can score the ball better. So sometimes you saw that with Purdue last year. They didn't have that same level of defensive intensity that they normally would have, and they struggled on that end. It's not because the players, it's not the ability of the guys. I mean, they have athletic guys, they have guys that are long. It's just more about the discipline and doing it every time. So tonight they're on the road at Penn State. I know you were just uh, locked in and watching Penn State's most recent game, a loss against your alma mater, Purdue. But you know the the Nittany Lions at eleven and five and two and three so far in the Big Ten. They are the literally most experienced team in the country, and they kind of play that way. They don't turn it over. Don't necessarily uh, beat themselves. Uh, what do you make of the matchup tonight for IU? I mean, if IU plays the type of defense they played against Northwestern, they'd get ripped apart, in my opinion. I mean, Penn State, they can just shoot it too well. I mean, you see how well Northwestern played offensively, and they, they're not even a great offensive team. Penn State is a great offensive team. If this is a game where Penn State makes upwards 12, 13 threes, Indiana could be in for a long night. But I do think Indiana has the advantage on the interior, on the glass. But it's all about defensively. How do they guard Jalen Pickett? Can they stop Andrew Funk from getting off? The ways to beat Penn State has been this season. I mean, Jalen Pickett is going to get his. But if you can stop Andrew Funk from making shots, I mean, in their most recent four losses, Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, Clemson, Andrew Funk is four for 21 from the three-point line. But when he's making shots, you see the games against Illinois and different teams, they're going to have a chance to win. So I think he's the key in who steps up to defend him. Now, great insight right there. And, Penn State, you know, on the rise under Micah Shrewsbury, a guy who I know you're familiar with, uh, sharing some Purdue ties. But meanwhile, speaking of the Boilers, who are coming off that win against Penn State in Philadelphia, really a road game uh, last Sunday, and that was on the heels of the road win at Ohio State. So a nice, nice bounce back after getting uh, knocked off for the first time this year by Rutgers. Uh, about midway through the season here, as you take the pulse of Purdue, uh, what's your assessment? I mean, Zach Eady 
may be the national player of the year, definitely the front runner. Uh, he's just so dominant. I mean, the, the points, 22 points a game, but the rebounding has been huge. 13 rebounds a game, leading the country. Five offensive rebounds. And the offensive rebounds is huge for Purdue because you just sometimes their best offense is to throw the ball on the basket instead of turning it over. And Zach Eady has a chance. But the, what it also does, it keeps the other team out of transition because you have to hit Zach Eady. You can't leak out or Purdue's going to come and get that offense. Since then, I mean, you think about the last two games, they've been on the road, two victories. And they had 31 points in the two games, 13 assists, 10 rebounds, two steals, a block. He's 52% from the field. He's 6 for 12 from three. So, I mean, he's really woken up. He's falling over the last two. Fletcher Lawyer, again, has really matured right in front of our eyes. That second half of that Rutgers game, he woke up. He had 10 points in that second half. He had 11 points in the second half at Ohio State. He had 14 points in the second half against Penn State. So those freshmen have really stepped up in winning time, and it's been big. They've needed them, and they've really, they've really produced over the last couple games. I think Purdue's bench, they're going to have to be more productive. I see Trey Kaufman ran. He's had a few games. Brandon Newman's had a few good ones. I think David Jenkins, you see in that Penn State game, he was huge. Even at Ohio State, I mean, that Ohio State game, making some shots. I think David Jenkins is going to have to get going. He's a guy that's average. That's, I mean, made over 300 threes in his college career. And that's not a five, six-year college career. This is his fifth year now. So even becoming to, before coming to Purdue in just four seasons, he made over 300 threes. Like, I don't care where you played. I don't care who you played against. If you can make 300 threes in a college basketball season, four seasons, that's, that's unbelievable. So it's just if Purdue can shoot it, they make shots. Then they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, absolutely, and I think for Purdue fans hoping, yeah, that they still have a ceiling that they can grow into and not peek in here midway through, but I know you're especially proud of some fellow hometown heroes and Fletch and right. Caleb first Caleb, and yeah, yeah. yeah, right, it's been so cool to see your rise uh, as a basketball analyst with Big Ten Network and on ESPN Networks, but at the same time, you, you stay true here to the 260, and every time I look, it seems like you're hosting a, a different camp and, and fundraising so that you know everyone in the community can be in involved and you know grow like you have um i know you're you're in the midst of the busiest time of the year when it comes to your work as an analyst but you know for those right. uh, who want to keep up with you and follow what you're doing uh what's the best way to do so and anything uh, ahead that you're looking forward to yeah you could go to racefieldavisbasketball.com if you're looking to find out more about our um, our nonprofit organization um you can find out more about myself you could donate there you could email us about sponsoring our programs in 2022, we are sponsor over a thousand kids to be able to play basketball for free, which means go to camps, go to tournaments, play AAU, get skills training, basketball shoes, basketball rims, all types of different things. It was a special year, and I mean, coming up, we just we just had our Christmas break camp at Southside High School. Over 140 kids came out, all free. It was just a we gave away our first inaugural um, Caleb Play Hard Caleb Caleb Swanigan Play Hard Award to a young lady who really embodied the spirit of just playing hard, being a good teammate, not necessarily caring about being the best player on the floor, but just giving the best effort all the time. I mean, then coming up in a couple of weeks, we're taking it on the road. We have a camp, a skills clinic one day in Indianapolis on the 21st of January. We'll be right back in Fort Wayne. Every single Monday we have our skills training at OPS right there in Fort Wayne. So if you want to be a part of our skills training, you can reach out to me. You can reach out to OPS, uh, Kevin Bloom. He has information. But 
Yeah, if you are a person that loves basketball and maybe you just can't afford it, maybe you're not on the basketball team, maybe you're not the greatest player, you have a place with us. I mean, we're, we can find funds for you to play. If you're not a great player, we can show you other avenues. And that's a, a really big part of what we do is that we love the sport. So many kids, so many players get tricked into only thinking about being a basketball player. I mean, you could be the coach. You could be a GM, GM of a team. You could be on a marketing team. You could be a film director, be a, film, a camera guy. You could, it's a lot of different roles in basketball, and we try to open the kids' eyes to all of them. Yeah, Four Wayne, so blessed to have you pouring back uh, into the community. And I love following you on social media, not only for those updates uh, on the nonprofit side and Big Ten coverage, but you know, putting a spotlight on, on the next uh, generation of hoopers here in Fort Wayne. So uh, finally, Rick, I know you got to get back to work there in Chicago. But maybe who are some of the, the high school hoopers here, not only on the boys' side, but you do a phenomenal job covering local girls' basketball, too. Who's kind of catching your eye here this season? Oh, man, I'm just starting with the girl side. I mean, Anika, Anika over at Bishop Lewis, she's been great. She, she helps with all of our camps, and she's great with the kids. I think she's going to be a wonderful basketball player at the next level. I think she even has a career. And after she's done playing a long career, a career in coaching, I think she'll be great. I think Jordan Poole at Snyder, again, she's helped with our events, I and mean, she can really score a basketball I think I, I look at her and I look at girls like Caitlin Clark and I think Jordan Poole can fit right in that mix. She can she's super confident, she's unselfish, she can score for herself, she can get others involved. I really enjoy watching her play. I think of uh, Chase Barnes and Wayne. I mean, he can really just shoot the basketball. He's just a fundamentally sound guy. He's a good kid. He works on it every single day. Um Zach Belcher, this, I mean, at Southside, he's a freshman at South right now. He's about six, eight, six, nine, long, athletic. He's raw right now, but if he puts the time in, I think Zach could be one of the better ones around as well. There's a lot of good talent. I mean, Corbett, Corbett Hamill, he's a freshman at New Haven. I've got a lot of hope and pride in what I think he can do and go into the next level, but I took him to, well, his mother and invited him to a Purdue game last season, got to show him the arena him and his mother, showing what it looks like to play at the next level, I think that woke Corbin up. And I think Corbin could be a guy that can get there as well. Love it. Well, congrats on everything. Don't stop now. And uh, looking forward to uh, watching you here tonight. It's IU at Penn State on BTN. And uh, Rafael Davis will be in studio. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Rafael Davis. Such an awesome guy. And, uh, yeah, just so happy for his success. And, and hope right now it's really just the uh, the start of it. And uh, hoping to see um, so many benefit from the the nonprofit work that he's doing too. And uh, he's kind of just uh, paying it forward, just as Demarcus Beasley from Southside High School did as well. Still ahead, we're actually going to talk with Demarcus too after he finally uh, retired from his lengthy, so successful playing career uh, soccer wise. And I know actually, if you go way back, he played some hoops at, at Southside too, but. The only guy in the history of U.S. men's national soccer, the U.S. men's national soccer team to be a part of four World Cup squads. But now after he finally hung up the uh, the cleats, he has transitioned into a variety of things similar to Rafael. He can catch DeMarcus on TV a lot. He was just part of uh, World Cup coverage uh, last uh, couple of months. CBS, Fox, and now the latest, it was just announced earlier this week, he'll be part of TNT and HBO Max's coverage of uh, soccer as they get involved in covering the sport too. And then locally here, again, a guy who's come back 
and whether it's DeMarcus's camps or now part of the ownership group for Fort Wayne FC that had a big announcement yesterday. So coming up here, we'll check in with DeMarcus about that as well. But to, uh, to flip it back to uh, to hoops there, you don't want to say must-win game on January 11th because in the Big Ten, almost every single game is an opportunity to bolster your resume. So I is not necessarily running out of time yet. But yeah, as Ray was talking about, you, you got to see at least a difference tonight because uh, you just can't go down the way they did at home against Northwestern with uh, the defense looking so lackluster, not only in that game, but it, it's become a trend. So uh, definitely fascinating to see tonight what kind of attitude IU plays with on the road at Penn State. And it does feel like it's going to be an indication of how the rest of this season will go. Preseason favorites, not looking like it right now. And at this point, you got to make sure you're still doing enough to make it to March Madness. So talk a little bit more IU at Penn State coming up. We'll have DeMarcus Beasley with us. And in case uh, you haven't done so yet, chime in on our Parkview Sports Medicine text line 46862. Last call for your chance to win tickets to the upcoming Shrine Circus at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. Text CIRCUS, C-I-R-C-U-S, to 46862. Uh, Before we wrap up at 6 o'clock tonight, we'll announce our winner for the four-pack of tickets to the Shrine Circus at the Coliseum last weekend of the month. Stick with us. You're listening to the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Fred will be back on Friday, but for the time being on the road with the Purdue-Fort Wayne men's basketball team, the Dons visiting IUPUI in Horizon League action tomorrow night. Mastodon's men's basketball will return home to the Coliseum on Monday. That's a good game to look forward to against Cleveland State. Remember last year, Purdue-Fort Wayne and Cleveland State shared the Horizon League regular season title. Season before that, Cleveland State went all the way to March Madness. And so it's the Dons this year who are trying to get to that destination for the first time. Tomorrow, Shannon Griffith, the coach, will be in uh, Brett's chair here. But for today, this is me, John Nolan, alongside our studio producer, Adam Lundy. And then Brett will be back on Friday. Also looking ahead to Friday night, our high school basketball game of the week will be Snyder and Northrop. Speaking of local uh, high school hoops, last night, Blackhawk Christian with an impressive win on the road at Homestead. Norwell was also impressive in their victory over Wayne. And right now, it's an absolute honor and privilege for us to be joined by a Southside High School alum, Demarcus Beasley, one of the greatest men's soccer players, not just in Fort Wayne history, but in our nation's history, and now part of the ownership group with Fort Wayne FC. Demarcus, thanks so much for fitting us into your busy schedule here today. Oh, no problem. I appreciate you guys having me. And a little bit belatedly, but congratulations on news that came out towards the end of last calendar year that this year now you're going to be inducted into the National Soccer Hall of Fame, a class that includes one of your former longtime U.S. men's national team teammates in Landon Donovan. Uh, what does that honor mean to you? Oh, um, I mean, it, it means everything. Uh, not just for me, um, but, you know, my whole family. Uh, because, uh, you know, there's no... The market is easy without my mom, my dad, my aunts, my brother, you know, all the people that, that made it happen uh, and made it possible for me to, to be able to achieve some of the things that I did in my career. So uh, it's, a, it's truly uh, a blessing for me and my family and truly honored. Well said, and we're going to get to the latest news with Fort Wayne FC in a moment, but uh, you know, more uh, outstanding news 
has continued to uh, pour in for you. And just yesterday, as HBO Max and TNT start to have coverage of more international soccer, you're going to be part of the uh, the announce team for that as an analyst. Uh, where can we look forward to uh, to seeing you as far as uh, coverage goes with HBO Max and TNT? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll be right on <laughs> right on your TV screen. Uh, you know, this is a this is a first for me. Uh, obviously, I did a bit of uh, analyst uh, work with with Fox during the World Cup, uh, but on on the digital side with Twitter. Uh, so that's kind of my first real test um, what it takes and and how all this uh, TV TV stuff works. So, but no, I'm I'm really excited to be covering the the U.S. Women's National Team, especially with with them having. Uh, their World Cup in uh, the summer in 2023 in, in New Zealand, Australia, um, and, and the men's. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to, to be covering both teams and looking forward to the opportunity. Oh, that's really cool. And we just had uh, Rafael Davis, another Southside alum on, who's now working for the Big Ten Network and on ESPN Networks. And with both of you guys, it's it's tough to keep uh, keep track on where to, to catch you. I know in the past you've done some stuff with uh, CBS Sports, too. So, you know, in your new role, will you be a desk analyst or will you sometimes be a match analyst? Uh, mostly just desk, desk analyst. Uh, we'll be in the studio, which is in Atlanta. Um, and then sometimes we'll be on site. So if the game is in LA, we'll, I'll be, uh, on site in LA somewhere on the, on the, on the desk in the stadium. Um, uh, but yeah, just, just that, you know, for pregame, halftime and postgame, but really looking forward to it. Fort Wayne's own Demarcus Beasley on the phone with us. And just one last one related to that. You mentioned it being part of, uh, Fox's crew for the World Cup in Qatar. What was that experience like? Man, it was it was great. Um, you know, to be able to uh you know, witness and, and be a part of the crew that, that brought um, you know, the American fan the the World Cup was, was truly special. Uh it was it was my first World Cup, you know, that I haven't been a part of on the on the playing side. So it was it was uh it was interesting. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Uh I worked with a lot of great people with Fox. Uh, my colleagues were, were great with Melissa Ortiz, uh, Jimmy Conrad and, and Sasha uh Kleshman. So uh, really a lot of fun being able to witness uh, one of the, the best players that ever played our game uh, lift the World Cup trophy. The only trophy that was that has escaped him was uh, was special, and I was glad to be a part of it, glad to be in Qatar during the whole tournament. I was there for what, maybe 30, 33 days, 32 days, so there for the whole, the whole tournament, and it was really, really fun to be a part of. Definitely an epic ending there for Messi and Argentina, and it was really cool, though, to see it come full circle for you. I still have uh, memories growing up in New Jersey of waking up early back in 2002 and getting all excited about the great run that uh, that your squad had back then, but glad to see that you're, you're still involved now um, in a new way. Yeah, and, you know, I'll, I've always said that towards the end of my career. Um, I didn't I didn't want to be a coach, and I still, <laughs> I still don't want to be a coach, but I wanted to stay in the game, um, and obviously – uh, being a part owner and director of football at Fort Wayne FC gives me that, that chance to do that and as well, uh, being on the TV side. So you get to see the game in a, in a, uh, in a different lens, uh, kind of call it a different way, see, you know, use your experiences of, 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 of your career and kind of, uh, use your, um, your ideas and, and your experience and, and see what that, where that takes you. So really excited. And I'm, like I said, I'm just getting my feet wet in the TV, the TV business, but I'm, I'm liking it so far. Yeah, and it's just so terrific to see, even as you are literally all over the world uh, covering th- this great game, still staying true to your roots here 
in Fort Wayne as well. And you mentioned it, part of the ownership group with Fort Wayne FC. And so gearing up for season number three at the USL League Two level. That'll start in May. And yesterday, an announcement about a new home for Fort Wayne FC for the coming year and years for that matter. Fill us in. Yeah, uh, we partnered with uh, University of St. Francis. Um, man, it was, you know, for us to be able to, to play there um, is going to be really, really something special, not for, for us and, and our players, but, you know, for the fans as well. Um, the facilities are great. Um, you know, Father Zimmer, Father Zimmer and the whole staff and uh, University of St. Francis opened their doors for us. And, you know, we're really, really grateful for this opportunity and grateful for their, for their hospitality that they've shown us so far. And uh, we're really looking forward to, you know, taking off our, our, our this year uh, in a new stadium. Yeah, and St. Francis football has been a, a national champion. I know it's, it's been a quick start of success for Fort Wayne FC as well as just a, a new franchise as you do prepare here for season number three. And I know... It, not all owners are necessarily, uh, you know, checking out tryouts and regularly attending practices and matches. But, you know, again, you're special. Uh, what are you excited about here for the upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, just what, just what you said. Uh, and, you know, for us, you know, it's about building what we, we started, um, you know, since day one. Um, I think last year uh, we didn't we didn't reach our goal and that was getting to the playoffs and then see what we could do there. Uh, we, we fell a little bit short, but to be able to go our first year winning one game to, to winning nine our second year was, uh, was, a, was a good jump. Um, but I think for me and on the, the other side of the, the field, um, I think what Coach Mike, Mike Avery did, did very well and his staff was create, start creating a culture of what it means to play for Fort Wayne, uh, Fort Wayne FC, um, what it means to play for the city, what it means uh, when you put on a shirt, um, what and who you're representing. And I think we got that part right. Uh, I think we have a lot to build on. It's just a you know first uh, first start, but um, what besides the wins and you know the success we had or the little bit of success we had on, on the field, I think off the field uh, we gained a lot of uh, of experience and uh, we were starting to create a, a culture and a philosophy of how we want to play soccer in, in Fort Wayne. Yeah, and can't wait for the new season to get here in May and to see the the roster take shape in addition to the local tryouts. I know, you know, Coach Avery scouting coast to coast and beyond to bring in top-level talent for Fort Wayne FC to have a winning program. Uh, and finally here, uh, DeMarcus, don't want to, to hold you up, but I know, like I said, you continue to give back and over the uh, the holiday break having uh, camps for, uh, for young kids here with the Beasley football camps. Uh, where can people get information and what else is there to look ahead to? Yeah, um, you know, if you have any, any kids that you want to get out of the house and they like kicking the ball around, you know, they're in the, well, our holiday camps are over, but uh, our summer camps will be uh, announced pretty soon. But, yeah, BeasleyFootball.com. Um, we have a lot of fun. You get to learn uh, about the sport, uh, learn, you know, how to how to, how to play soccer. Um, you know, soccer teaches you a lot of different things. It's not just about kicking the ball and trying to score as many goals as you can. Um, you know, it's about, about teamwork. Um, it's about confidence. And, you know, I think soccer uh, gives you all those all those things. And, you know, Another thing on another on another level is just a, a start of what we're trying to build in, in in Fort Wayne, and I think we want to give opportunities and for our local players as well. Uh, yes, myself and Coach Mike Avery. Uh, yeah, we like to find you know talent all over the the globe, really. Um, but at the same time, we, we're not forgetting about our local players, and we want to be able to to say that we have 
uh, a lot of representation from our local players in, in Fort Wayne that are born and bred in Fort Wayne. Uh, they live in Fort Wayne. Their family from Fort Wayne, and they're getting a chance uh, to be a part of what we're trying to build here in Fort Wayne. So uh, the Beasley, Beasley football is a part of that, you know, a, along with all of our, our youth soccer clubs in, in Fort Wayne. Uh, they're a big part of our success as well. So, um, you know, all those things will, will help uh, Fort Wayne FC grow. Um, and, we, and we will have this year, we will have uh, more local talent, you know, come in our roster. Well, DeMarcus, congrats on the continued success and best of luck to you and to Fort Wayne FC here moving forward. Oh, man, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. There's DeMarcus Beasley, GOAT of Fort Wayne soccer, joining us here on the Sports Rush. And again, Fort Wayne FC announcing yesterday that he'll be transitioning from calling Bishop Dwinger High School its home field now to Bishop Darcy Stadium on the campus of the University of St. Francis. I know talking with some of their supporters, people are excited about the chance to you know, have more room for tailgating and continue to create uh, a really special atmosphere at Fort Wayne FC games as they have aspirations of rising the ranks of U.S. soccer from where they are now, essentially as an amateur uh, program, but to one day truly be a professional team. So, I mean, going out with a bang there with Tamarcus Beasley, who this year again is going to be inducted into the National Soccer Hall of Fame, and you can find him whether on Fox Sports or now on HBO Max and TNT. So he caps off here uh, a loaded lineup of guests we started with David Stockton, the Mad Ants point guard, new Tin Caps manager, Jonathan Matthews, Mike Nutter, Tin Caps president, and Rafael Davis of the Big Ten Network. By the way, congratulations to Jamon, the winner of our tickets to this circus. Big thanks to all of our guests, as well as our producer, Adam Lundy. This is John Nolan signing off on this Wednesday edition of the Sports Rush. And catch us on social media at 1380 The Fan. The coach, Shannon Griffith, will fill Brett's seat tomorrow again from 4 to 6 for your local sports fix. It's John Nolan saying good night and so long from the Summit City. This has been the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.